Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? Oh, how are you now? Well, folks, we knew that there were going to be some rough games this season for the Montreal Canadiens, didn't we? We knew it, and still. You know, when the first one comes in game number two, you're still a little bit shocked watching it, uh, a little upset. Uh, Hello and welcome to episode two of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And I am just a little, just a little pissed off about that one. The Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 3 to nothing to the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I, th- this might be a rather quick episode because we do have another game coming up tomorrow. Uh, we got a back-to-back. Uh, I do want to go to bed. So we'll try to keep this one as, as concise as possible. But we'll do a recap. We, we will do a recap. So pretty decent opening couple of minutes of the game for the Montreal Canadiens, but then the Wings just absolutely start to dominate them. Um, By the end of the first period, the shots were 25 to 10 for the Detroit Red Wings. And Jake Allen was the only reason that things didn't get ugly in that first period. Only reason. He stood on his head. He made a number of really quality saves, uh, just very well positioned in his net. So even some of the saves that normally would be tough, he made them look easy because of how calm and collected he was. At the end of the day, we get to the end of the first period, 0-0. Zero to zero. We go into the second period. Habs managed to calm things down a little bit. I think shots were 9-8 to eight in favor of the Red Wings or maybe the other way around. By the end of the period, we're looking at 34-18. to 18, So the Habs climbing back into the shot game a little bit, but we're still 0-0 zero, zero at the end of the period. What did we see in that period? Well, we saw an insane stick save by Jake Allen. He kind of like threw his stick, uh, like holding it up basically above his head and stopped it with the actual blade of his goalie stick, um, the backside of the blade. Uh, I think it was the backside of the blade. I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. Anyways, crazy save by Jake Allen. That should have been the first goal for the Red Wings, but it wasn't. Uh, so despite 34 shots through that period, still 0-0, or 34 shots through two periods, rather, 0-0. We also saw in that second period the most comical dive of life by Dylan Larkin. That was a fucking joke. He goes, 
they're in their own zone and Dylan Larkin goes to the back post. He's like trying to set a pick on Nick Suzuki as he comes around the net and you see him like look down to see when Nick Suzuki makes contact. Nick just brushes him on the back of the leg with his stick and Dylan Larkin throws his leg up, dives to the ground and screams like he got shot and gets a call from the ref. The officials were absolutely fucking abysmal in this game. Abysmal. More on them later. Anyways... We go into the third period, and you know, with the Wings out shooting the Habs 34 to 18 through two, you kind of feel like you know something's got to give. Either the Habs are going to get a real greasy one, and they're going to end up winning this game, or it's going to be the Wings. And sure enough, a couple of minutes into the third, there it is, Elmer Soderblom, fucking six foot eight dinosaur looking ass, standing in front of the net. Uh, wraparound attempt bounces right up to him. Jake Allen makes the initial save, but it goes straight to Soderblom. He puts it in for his first NHL goal. Congratulations, Dinosaur Man. And it's one nothing for the Detroit Red Wings. Officiating remains an absolute disgusting joke for the remainder of that period. Uh, Caden Gooley got high-sticked in the face. Drawing blood should have been a four-minute penalty, and they just ignored it. There was a whole scuffle between Kirby Doc and um, Moritz Sider, and should have been penalties on both of them there, but they call nothing um, brutal, brutal officiating. Anyways, didn't have much of an impact in the game. Who knows? Maybe if they call that high stick, the Habs score. But the Habs did get power play opportunities that they couldn't score on. And then it was two empty net goals, one by Rasmussen and one by Oli Mata. Um, I'll be honest. I, at first, didn't really love the idea because Martin Saint-Louis, with about two minutes and 20 seconds left, he pulled uh, Jake Allen. So I understood that, and then they get scored on, though. And at first, I was like, why did you pull him again? And then I, you know, sat down before I got angry and started tweeting about it. And I thought about it and I'm like, well, he kind of has to practice that, you know, this is still a young team. There's a lot of new pieces on the team. I I get why, even though they just gave up the empty net goal, let's pull them again right away. I mean, screw What's the difference? You lose two nothing, you lose three nothing. There's literally zero difference, especially not in a season where you're expecting to lose a lot of games anyways. So I think when I sat down and thought about it for a second, I was like, well, it makes sense. Let's take the practice where we can take it. And that was an opportunity for him to do that. And he did. And what did we learn? Well, we learned that they're not very good with that extra man right now. They still got some work to do. Maybe Mike Hoffman is not a guy that you want to have out there during that time. Maybe Evgeny Dadanov is not a guy that you want to have out there during that time. I don't know. Uh, but certainly in that game, they were not the right choice. They should not have been on the ice. But I digress. We got to talk a little bit more about the game itself. Uh, let's start with the officiating. Oh boy, that was bad. They missed calls on both sides, but let's just zone in on on two that really bugged me. The high stick on Gooley, um, right up in the mouth, draws blood, and they were trying to get the ref's attention to bring him over and be like, "Hey, you missed one," and they just refused to even go over to the bench and talk to them. That's part of your fucking job. If the bench wants to talk to you, if a captain wants to talk to you, or a coach wants to talk to you, you got to go over there and give them a word or two. At least explain the situation. Tell them you missed it. You can't just be like, nah, we're not talking to you about it. That's not how it works. You are paid well enough to at least go over and give them an explanation. Tell them you didn't see it. I don't care. Right? And then the fact that you missed the call in the first place is is a whole separate issue. The puck was there. Um, there's no reason for you to miss that. You should be looking directly in that direction. And if you missed it, it's because you were either in bad position or you weren't looking. Either way, you're at fault. You got to do better than that as a ref. And the other one was to call Nick Suzuki for tripping 
despite the fact that it was a very, very clear dive by Dylan Larkin. An embarrassing dive. I do think, to the ref's credit, or maybe to their discredit, I don't know, it depends on how you look at it, I think they'll look back at that one when they look at the tape and they'll see that they got got and you know they might be a little less uh, towards the favor of Dylan Larkin in the future. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think each game should be officiated properly. I think you should call the calls that you see. I think that you should call dives when they happen. That one should have been a dive and no trip. You know how you can call both, right? You could call a trip and you could also say that he embellished it. Oh, you went a little bit too far with your dive, right? This one should have just been a dive because Suzuki barely touched him. And he dropped like he got shot and screamed out just to make sure he got the ref's attention. So that was an embarrassing display by Dylan Larkin. He should be embarrassed. The Red Wings should be embarrassed. Their fans should be embarrassed. The ref should be embarrassed. And um, his entire family should be embarrassed now. That's that, I'm, now I'm going too far with my embellishment uh, with words. At, the, at any rate, that, that one really grinds my gears, man. I, I cannot stand when somebody has such a comical, ridiculous dive like that. But again, I digress. What did we actually learn about the Montreal Canadiens in this game? Forget the officiating. Forget the empty net goals. Realistically, what they what happened here was they lost one nothing. Uh, they lost the game one nothing. That probably should have been worse than one nothing. And technically, it was because of the empty netters. But realistically, Jake Allen kept you in that. And Detroit was just super physical, super tight defensively. They were clogging up all the passing lanes. It seemed like they got a stick on everything. It's almost like they knew where the Habs were going to pass it. So credit where credit is due. Detroit deserved the win in that one. Montreal didn't. But I'll tell you what I liked. I liked the fact that after the first period where they were getting absolutely shelled, they went into the room, came out, and really settled things down. And the game got a lot more even. And that wasn't score effects, right? If the Wings had scored four or five goals in the first period and then things settled down, I wouldn't be willing to give them any credit for that. I wouldn't be able be willing to give Martin Saint-Louis any credit for that because it'd be like, well, of course things settled down. The Wings don't care about scoring anymore because they got it in the bag, right? No, it was 0-0. Jake Allen kept you in the game and then you settled things down. Of course, it didn't end up getting you the win, but that's fine. We're not expecting to win a lot of games this season, right? This was at the very least a really good display of them coming together in an intermission and kind of modifying the way that they were playing out there to to keep things more on an even keel, right? If they came out in the second period and they got shelled again 25 to 10 and we were at 50 to, 50 to 20 after two periods in terms of a shot count, you know, you have cause to be a little bit more concerned about potentially an inability to make adjustments, but we saw them make some adjustments, and I like that. Um, from a player perspective, uh, my silver lining of the night, we're, we're bringing it back. We're bringing back the silver lining because we're probably going to lose a lot of games this season. Silver lining of the night was Caden Gooley. Uh, he was excellent out there, uh, moving the puck really well. He went for a couple of really nice skates up ice, made some really good defensive plays, and on top of all that, in the first period, he got hit. I forget who it was that hit him, but he got hit into the boards and looked like he banged his head against the glass. So I think maybe the concussion spotter pulled him out. It was pretty early in the first period. He missed the rest of the period uh, and wasn't on the bench right away to start the second. But then he pops into the bench and uh, immediately takes his first shift and looks great out there. So he overcame whatever that was, whether it was a concussion, whether he got banged up on that hit. 
and went out there and put together a pretty impressive performance in an otherwise rough game for the Montreal Canadiens. You got to love this kid. He's part of the future on the blue line, and so far through two games, I would say he has looked like, to me, the most complete defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens. Fair play to Jordan Harris. I thought he looked all right in this game as well, and he looked pretty good against the Leafs. So I think he's up there too. Um, And then we got to move down the line, right? So Caden Gooley, silver lining, probably arguably the best player for the Habs in that game. Uh, Jordan Harris did pretty well, and then moved down to Arbor Jackai. Arbor Jackai was fighting it a little bit. And uh, we were talking about it in the Eyes on the Prize chat, and apparently Matthias Norlander had a very, very impressive game for the Laval Rocket tonight. So there may be an argument there to uh, bring up Matthias Norlander and let Arbor Jackai have some time in the AHL. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying do it right now. Obviously, they got a back-to-back. They got to travel to D.C., and they got to play against the Capitals. I think they're in D.C. anyways. I'm almost positive they're still on the road. They're not coming back home. Yes, they are. They're still on the road. Um, <laughs> geez, I gotta get the I gotta get my ducks in a row before I start recording these things instead of just going off and foaming at the mouth for it. Um, yeah, so they're they're probably not going to make lineup changes during this back to back at the very least. They're going to give one more game and they're going to see what's up. But based on tonight, based on the two games so far, I would say Gooley has a track to stick with the team. Harris, I'd like to see him stick to. Jack, I, I'm kind of feeling maybe a stint in Laval, but I'm not. I'm not sold yet. I would like to see a couple more games first. Uh, that's just a gut feeling at this point. Up front, uh, Mike Hoffman's bad. I would like them to just put him on waivers, get this thing over with. I don't think they're going to find a trade partner with his current salary. Um, I'd love to see Jonathan Drouin get into a game instead of Hoffman and just kind of see what that looks like. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow either, but maybe it will. Um Dadanov had a pretty rough game as well. Starting to get a little bit concerned about his trade value. Um, Sean Monahan actually looked pretty good. He was pretty good. He was uh, buzzing around the net. I think he had one of the better games possession-wise in a game where nobody was very good possession-wise. Um, again, feel like he's going to have some significant trade value at the deadline. And then Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, man. They had the best chances of the night for the Montreal Canadiens. Um they're going to have the best chances of the night most of the year for the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm not worried about the fact that they didn't pot one. Uh, they came pretty close. Cole Caulfield had another look where he tried to go short side over the shoulder uh, and just barely missed it. Uh, Suzuki had one where he fired it through traffic and uh, it got deflected. So it got blocked, partially blocked, bounced off the boards. And Josh Anderson uh, jumped on the rebound and almost tied that game at one in the third period. Uh, but Vili Husso made a great, great glove save uh, to keep it one nothing for the Wings. So unfortunately, as close as they actually did come to not only settling that game down, but tying it up and forcing an overtime period, they lose 3 to nothing. That's how quick things can change in an NHL game, especially when you don't have a goalie in the net. Um, but, you know, like I said right off the top at the beginning of this episode, we knew games like this were going to happen. Uh, It's not shocking. It's disappointing to see it come in game number two. But let's see if they can rally tomorrow night and put together a better effort. I don't think that Washington is as good of a team defensively as Detroit clearly was on Friday night. So I think we might be in for a little bit more entertainment. We know that Washington has plenty of firepower up front. So that one could turn into a bit of a barn burner. And I want to see barn burners this year. I want to see lots of goals. 
All right, so let's just fingers crossed for a little bit more action tomorrow night, and hopefully the Montreal Canadiens can get in on that action. I'm going to cut it off there. We're running, uh, well, I managed to stretch it all the way out to 15 minutes. That's how much I talk. So, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.